The Bizzle. We call it the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Yo, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, guys. Welcome to Netflix Marvel's The Defenders, Season 1, Episode 4, Royal Dragon. Amazing tower battle in the last one. And we come right after that scene into the Chinese restaurant scene, which... You know, episode two is amazing with the introduction of the two main pairs in such different ways, but so appropriate. Episode three, although bizarre, early on with the rebirth of Electra and Alexandra just being a weird character, at the same time, has the amazing lead up to the battle and the battle itself in the tower. And this is just brilliant character stuff. This was this was the episode, and these were the extended scenes that I was most looking forward to, even more than the fighting for sure. And I think this episode, this. Uh, this season's going to hold up great over time because of all the great um, character stuff, right? They still don't know why he can see without seeing. Uh, I- I've noticed re-listening that you can really hear the sound through my earphones into the, uh, the mic. It's just because I want to listen to the full volume while I talk, but I'll try and tone it down a little bit for you guys. So I I assume that either Matt or Danny or both had a personal connection to this place, and that's why they're here. And Danny, of course, orders all the Chinese food and gives them the black card and whatever. Um, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I remember thinking when I first saw this that oh, it was so predictable that Jessica would be the one to walk away temporarily before coming back to the team. Matt's the one early on that seems like he's definitely going to leave, but they call him out on it and he has to stay, especially with the stick and hand connection and Electra. Um, but they sell already why Jess would stay, specifically Luke Cage, and because she wants to do the right thing, and she's curious, but once the team talk and the conspiracy talk and the mystical talk starts happening, she's out. But then she realizes she can't escape it, just like with Kilgrave, and she comes back into the fight. This is sort of, yeah, a mini re-origin, re-re-origin story for JJ, uh, rebirth here into the next level of superhero, which is great. Is there a plan where I get my scarf back? Jessica has her priorities in order, as always. Yeah, yeah do you know each other? So this is the first awkward exchange. Actually, the second. They're going to put it together quickly that he has a connection with Electra, Matt Murdock. <laughs> yeah, smart. Get, doing credit card charges, Danny, when they're after you. That might be the thing along with his cell phone that's how they find them. Mm-hmm. Unless we know each other better. So the thing is, Luke and Danny in this ongoing debate here are basically on the same side for for some similar and some different reasons. Jessica and Matt go in between being fascinated and feeling like they need to stay and feeling like they need to leave to protect themselves and others. Yeah, bullshit. I'm with her. Uh-huh. You could basically put that anywhere. I'm with her, Luke Cage, about Jessica Jones. Professional courtesy. End of story. Mm-hmm. Right. So am I. Luke Cage also, also called himself extremely dangerous. Oh, here comes the food. This was great. They showed up. <laughs> maybe maybe or four of everything. And he's paying the rent for six months. <laughs> What's great is because he's so skinny and has so much power, it's very similar to um, Quicksilver. And, and these kids just need to eat like a million calories a day to keep up. God, you're weird. <laughs> yeah, here comes Agent. They live forever. Yeah. Danny remains the most knowledgeable, but also the most naive. Mm-hmm. Right, Terrace will want the world to know. Uh-huh. 
So the problem isn't the hole in the ground thing, which you've seen with Bane and on the CW. The problem isn't just the, you know, living forever, secret to eternal youth thing, which we've also seen a lot done and not always great. It's that the two of those things intersect. I'm not sure they ever tell us where the where it is. I mean, either just be powerful and live forever behind the scenes or start a whole new world order that would threaten your anonymity, your power in your life. It's not totally clear. Stormbreaker Cullen. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the lithium joke. It's it's only just because uh, that's playing to people who don't know about mental illness. That's not like something you would be on that would cause you to hallucinate. Whatever. Mhm. Yeah. There she was. Matt's immediately trying to leave. Right, I can be part of this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Luke's right. Uh-oh. And they do have great Avengers moments throughout the series where they're teasing or there's actual battle between the heroes doing comparative power stuff and them having different opinions. Try me, says Luke. Yep. <laughs> so this is great. Jessica's the one who gets him to stay and reveal himself very shortly, but then she's the one who leaves. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't come off as JJ and Matt and sort of being the team leaders all the time because the emotional center and the spiritual center are between and together, Luke Cage and, and Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Oh, she put it together. <coughs> Excuse me. She's blackmailing him. Yeah. I'm a PI. Right, I'm a PI. That's what she does. That's her job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She admits that she has no proof, but she, she, he's not going to take her out. Right. See, I'm not threatening you. She is threatening him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they're going to figure out faster if he leaves. Yeah, exactly. Right. Still thinking about the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're called Murdoch. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great bonding moment as I've been teasing a few episodes down where they have to lock Danny up and him and Luke are, are reconnecting or, or connecting to a higher level. And Luke at first jokes about fighting a, he says, you know, Danny fighting a dragon, you know, this kid is just full of shit. But then he starts to take it seriously and she gets asked about Jessica Jones and Luke Kate said, like, I'd rather fight a dragon over Jessica Jones any day. <laughs> Here we go. Matthew, blind Matt. All right. This is where the commercial break would be, of course, but we don't need it, and they go right into the intro. Oh, man. So, yeah, so as I, I started talking about the last episode. So I, I did episodes one and two, having not seen it since air date, essentially. And then I went away and watched, like, three through five and some of six. The reason being, um, I wanted to have some talking points I didn't have ready and could only get through some rewatch, but I didn't want to go to the end because I want to be somewhat surprised the last couple episodes with you guys. So I have seen through most of six, um, where, you know, Luke and Danny are again, bonding with, with Danny locked up for his own safety or so they think. And then Jessica and Matt go on a PI hunt together. And that's where they really connect. And it's one of the best scenes or some of the best scenes together. Um, but they, the, the character stuff really comes together. And my initial memory again of the first watching was, 
I felt like this was the pinnacle, and then we never saw anything even close to this in terms of extended character building among the four of them going forward, but it, it, actually they keep finding ways to do it, and with only eight episodes, and now with this only five left after that initial fight coming together, th- they get a ton in, and they just find it like they're going to have to be split up at times. We'll also talk about how Colleen is used awesomely, and I, I was initially annoyed, as we'll see, that she seems to be getting taken out, but then they only take her out so that she could be the secret weapon or one of the secret weapons towards the end. So there's a conversation here about her body and she's trying to understand herself and she says, you know, we can bring you back to life, but can't fix your body should immediately be the sign that this whole process is questionable to say the least. Yeah. You know, when she starts looking old in the face of Gordon Weaver here, when her potions running out, which they used, the bigger problem isn't Electra, but they used the less of the secret elixir to do this she sees it as an investment for them to live forever and not have to, you know, worry about that stuff and to engage the next level of their plan, which I guess is blowing up New York. But that she has moments where she's, you know, physically starts aging. It reminds me exactly like speaking of Stardust with Charlie Cox, Claire Danes, uh, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer and the, and the, her and her two witch sisters, the three witches, constantly trying to use their magic powers to suck out the youth in Disney style, but in classic Neil Gaiman style, it's a very dark, disturbing twist on the Disney three evil witches with eternal life. And Michelle Pfeiffer still looks so gorgeous today. She let them make her look like a hundred years older in between times when she was able to repower herself. It sort of reminded me of that, you know, beautiful older women being allowed to and wanting to look like themselves, but then even getting made to look older to, to <laughs> fit the purposes of these crazy sci-fi fantasy plots. So again, like the beginning of of episode three, the 13 minute and 13 episode, you know, rebirth and them talking for the first time, this ongoing relationship, you just have to enjoy from an acting perspective on rewatches because it's not really that relevant. They could have made this whole thing into six or seven episodes by cutting out a lot of these two. But on rewatches, I kind of like the slowdown period and seeing these two, you know, great women, um, act together is is you know is a lot of fun it's let's put this way it's not something i will ever fast forward through it's not nearly as cringeworthy as i remember it's maybe a little too long and we want to get back to the team but that's the whole point you know the fact that loki is a major character in the avengers you know but is in it as a you know the center let's put it this way loki without the avengers around him is only in it like twice in the entire film and both are when he's on another planet or having visions of another planet. And yet he feels like he's a central main character at all times. Even Michael B. Jordan had some solo st- stuff, beginning, middle, and end of uh, Black Panther. It's always a delicate balance between we want our villains to be as central and important as our good guys, but we also don't want to spend too much time with the mustache twirling, especially when it's not that interesting. It's only not near as interesting as the character development coming up here. So I don't know what I'm going to do during, the, during this part other than turn up the volume and laugh and just be amazed at how, how I don't know how they could have executed this initial meeting of the four of them any better. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you're Daredevil? Right. Right. This is the whole Batman thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> Sight is overrated. Yeah, once again, Jessica, even like the beginning of her season with Kilgrave, wants to wash her hands clean and get away. That was obviously way more personal, but this gets personal because she gets attached to the clients and their lives are threatened by this whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. In a legal way, right? I even put on a tie. <laughs> yeah. It's chi. It's not. I love it. I mean, they all they do is spinning camera with the, the cast and you know, arrow and flash, but they they pretty much save it to the, sitting around the table. Yeah, no, Jessica's finally putting together that Danny wants us to be a team. She knows deep down it has to happen. Right. This is the difference between Luke and Jessica. They're both trying to help one kid, one family, but they come to different results, at least this early on. Bulletproof. No, I'm blinking. Whatever it is you are. Classy. <laughs> uh, with many great lines from the trailer. Yeah, Denny's right. It has to be the young, naive one. And even though Cap is the oldest by age, he's still the young, naive one in a lot of ways. Cap in the, in the modern day, constantly trying to bring the team together for more important things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daniel only went in to talk and not fight initially Alexandra's organization because he thought he could use his power and riches instead of just fighting. But of course, he needs to use his fighting. Uh oh, they can hear him. Oh, is this stick? Yes. <laughs> he found him, of course. He's like, this is a terrible hideout. Mm hmm. There's the hand or lack thereof. This guy's so great. <laughs> One shitty excuse for a hideout. Dick. Scott Glenn is this actor. Yeah, he's got to train him up. He's the Splinter with <laughs> the Ford Ninja Turtles. Actually, that's exactly what it is. Commercial break. Mm-hmm. All right. So again, I I have no idea who this guy was. And it's funny on the rewatch, watching on my phone, I think this scene it was. It was you know, very hard to see some of it. I thought briefly this was the guy Ward, who I didn't even know was like a main Iron Fist character. I don't even know if he's good or bad. I can't get through Iron Fist season two. It's just the writing for Colleen and Danny is just so much better than the Defender series. It's just obvious, which is a shame because that's the one that needs the most help. So here's a whole scene spoken at least partially in foreign language with subtitles. It's a bad idea to sneak up on a man holding a knife. So it's these two. Gao and the Latin American guy, who I guess was Colleen's tormentor, we see later, who are the four out of the five left. And, you know, it's made known to us, or at least we're meant to believe, according to Madame Gao, that she's the one propping Alexandra up, despite the other two guys and other people in the organization having doubts. And this is, you know, the beginning of the debate. They have to show that they respect and fear her, but also that they don't respect and fear her. And she, of course, is going to hone in on the paranoia of not being respected or feared enough. You know, she claims sort of equality between the five or four of them, but she really wants to be in charge and is acting in charge, is acting unilaterally, and needs Madame Gao support, you know, to, to stay there. And ultimately, I think it's Madame Gao turning on her, where she has to take the rest of them out. And honestly, in a way, if they meant for the, the fact that this whole Defenders miniseries is essentially based around the Iron Fist story way more than the other three, obviously. Like, Daredevil's obviously related to the hand, but it's mostly Iron Fist stuff. I don't know if it was meant to get people to watch Iron Fist because of the mixed reaction. It's also, as I mentioned, the weirdest because he's in this mystical international world. The other three are not. But it actually is fun to see the three skeptics and Jessica, Matt, and Luke, you know, deal with the mystical and the superpower stuff because they know about it from the Avengers and being grouped with the Avengers as special people. But this is something totally different. 
and uh, we'll see how the magical aspect of this whole thing, you know, uh, comes through to me uh, in my this this viewing. Only three. Mm-hmm. All right. They have to show some fear at the new players. So you come to me. Yeah, she only cares about them because they can help her. And, and, they, and they do talk, you know, they're like Sith, you know? They help each other insofar it helps one another and be powerful, but they will not hesitate to kill one of the other ones if it serves them, just like the Sith, Vader and Palpatine, and so forth. And, and she says openly coming up, you know, that she's not the only hypocrite here. They are constantly and have tried in the past to assassinate one another. Families. And what of your black sky? The thing you spend our final resources on. Yeah, she already doesn't believe it. Electra's so flawed. Still unclear why Electra had to be the black sky. Uh, there was a reason. It's in the Daredevil and Iron Fist mythology. I'm just not totally sure. I guess she'd already been programmed as a weapon long before we met her in Daredevil. That's the point. <laughs> Do what's necessary. And he says, as we used to say, together we serve life itself all right this is the whole serving life by causing death at least bane's honest about what he's doing you know that's what makes you guys worse than terrorists not just not wanting to be seen but oh, here it is in the uniform looking at the weapons yeah she totally looks like a ninja turtle character it's great oh and speaking of ninja turtles there's the size my boy Raph, also in red Raphael. She looks great with the size. I think she fights with them at some point. Does she kill some people up here or just threaten them? I mean, this becomes purely about self-preservation. You know, she only has attachment to Alexandra because her whole reason for, for being at this point is literally Alexandra. And Alexandra's the only one trying to prop her up and not just kill her the way these other guys are. Black Hat. Wait, no, Black Hat's the... F yeah, I don't even know who the five of the hand are. I think Stick takes this guy out. Upcoming. Chops off his head. Right. So maybe the Latin American guy isn't one of the, f the five. Yeah. It's, it's like it's too much screen time with the bad guys and not enough actual exposition. That's why Marvel actually does it well with between, you know, the Hydra stop reveal with, with Zola and the long, you know, um, uh, collector speech by Benicio in the first Guardians. Like, you just have to do long exposition at some point with the bad guys or people connected with the bad guys and get over with, but make it fun and cool like it is in those properties. I guess we're getting it here, right? Now, the organization, the chaste is interesting. Yeah, me too, JJ. Names are killing me. Right. And that's why he tries to cha train Matt against as well to be, to be a killer and assassin before it becomes Daredevil to get weapons like him. And I guess Electra was a member of the Chaste. Except me. They're all dead. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Protector of the ancient city, the immortal Iron Fist. <laughs> yes. They call him a thundering dumbass, which he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, Colleen. I think Stick is taking care of this. Yeah, Stick Stick put her in protection. Which is what Daredevil was saying about personal ties. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's why they have to put everyone in a refrigerator, men and women who are in their lives, their close friends, family. This is great. This is where Matt Murdock really took off for me in The Defenders. It's his sort of abusive father-son relationship, love-hate with Stick. Because he, he's the thing, you know? You, you, you've got the hand and the mysticism and Iron Fist on one side. You've got Luke and Jessica on the other. Matt's the bridge between the ground level and the deep sky level, the black sky level. Mm-hmm. All right. Stakes got to be raised. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> uh, just give Christopher Ritter anything. Right. This is the whole, all the quote-unquote accidents or catastrophes were actually planned by the hand. I'm never a huge fan of that. They tried that in The Matrix, too. Wait, werewolves, vampires, ghosts, it's all the Matrix code. I'm like, eh, okay. He sees it so clearly, which is interesting. Oh, this is where JJ actually leaves. Yeah, it sticks weirdness pushing over the side. Sit down and shut up. This is great. You think she's actually going to listen? Nope. Try- <laughs> she goes right out the door. That's it. He, that was the d- worst thing you could have said to her. Was sit down and shut up. And Luke can almost keep her because she still cares and, and about him and trusts him. But look at her. She's she's hardened, but she's unsure, uncertain. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Luke trying to trying to sell the superhero thing to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, it's not my problem. I mean, you have to think Jessica doesn't actually believe it's a war, or else she would do it, even while bitching. And eventually she does. But she needs the personal connection. It's a threatening of her client, and she realizes there's no getting away from this, you know? Because it was important that even though she'd see this through, from the end of this episode to the end of the series, that she would see it through was important. <laughs> and let me know when they fit you for costume. Um, I love this moment, too. This is just the, like, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be okay? Okay, okay. That's all said without being said. Um, but that even at the end of the series, when they stopped the war, that Jessica would not fully believe what went on and want to be, like, a full-time team-up superhero, because that's not what the Defenders are about. They're more like the Avengers and the X-Men and the coming, together, coming together over necessity. It'd be interesting to see if they funnel all the solo series into like extended Defenders team-ups or partial team-ups going forward. I thought they'd do that with Iron Fist Season 2, but it seems they have not. Like, we gotta get JJ and Luke together. We gotta get Luke Cage and Iron Fist fighting together. It's Luckily, Marvel's not n- nearly as much constant turmoil as DC and Warner Brothers, so there's at least a chance for that stuff to happen. Use your powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows he was gone. Like me, she has a life. Right, no matter how big or small it is, it's still hers. Yep. Open-minded. Why would he? Yeah. Is this where the Electro reveal comes? I think they wait till Luke comes back in. Here it comes. Yeah. Stick says he's one of the best fighters ever. Right, I trained him to fight a war. He decided to put on an outfit. Yeah. He sticks always about the saving the world, not the city. Mm-hmm. Oh, Danny's complimenting him for being the daredevil. He's retired. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I don't know if there's a lot of one-on-one between Ironvist and Daredevil this whole series. Lessons they done with you. Yeah. Great writing. I mean, this... Uh, <laughs> there's Luke with a bullet hole still. <laughs> right. It's going to be everyone's fight. Uh-huh. Yeah. Luke wants to end it. Now because of Electra and Stick, Char- uh, Matt's stuck. Right. Here comes the exposition. Do they go right into it? Mm-hmm. No, we're now moving towards more Alexandra. Yeah, it's a little tedious in the middle. It is. But, you know, when you cast someone like Sigourney, they try and do too much soldier performance with her. It's not her fault. She needs more exposition. We need... I thought for sure we were going... Because she looks so young and gorgeous still. We're going to see some flashbacks to Constantinople to her being in older times. Would have been not that expensive to do, you know, depending on where you shoot. Um, but this will be like I said before like Battlestar with President Roslin this whole battle with death was way more interesting when you are a good guy even if you do bad things because you trying to save yourself and not die is at least partially in Roslin's case and mostly due to trying to save everybody else for good reasons uh, and with good motivations and motives she's obviously the opposite like how, why am i supposed to feel bad she's probably been responsible for the death of billions of people over thousands of years that's why great star wars villains like vader and kylo the less we see of them the scarier but also cooler and more believable they are because we build up some of this you know yes we see them have temper tantrums and kill their subordinates and make bad decisions uh but you know the sort of worship of Kylo Ren, specifically by some female fan, fans, is interesting. Uh, and there's certainly a worship of Vader among older fans, but it's a fine line. You can love a bad guy like Kilgrave for being an amazing actor in the performance. Here's like the growing old stuff in the mirror. Um, but you're never like, oh, Kilgrave's the man kind of thing, you know? Uh, it's, a, it's a delicate balance with, with villains. So now she's going back to her place as Jessica. And so, you know, they decided that the little dramatic linchpin of movement in this episode because would be Jessica briefly staying, hearing them out, getting sick of it, leaving, trying not to process there, be a part of it. But then because of the one or two people she's trying to protect, as usual, getting caught in a larger struggle, which was Kilgrave. I mean, Kilgrave is intensely, per- uh, intensely personal, obviously, in one guy, but it was a, a larger war. She was fighting against Kilgrave's madness and, and terror. Um, but it was because of hope and her fear for, you know, best friend Trish and so forth that, and as I've said, you know, up until almost the end of Jessica Jones, she's trying not to kill Kilgrave because that's not what she does. But he'll, but hope committing suicide forces Jessica's hand saying people are never going to stop dying until Kilgrave's gone. He's just too powerful. You can't keep him in jail. None of that stuff. She tried to keep him in jail and without even using his power, he was able to manipulate Hogarth into letting him go because everyone wants a piece of his power. Is she deleting everything? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is she deleting everything? There's the whiskey. Whiskey in a jar. But I loved this, because I love the just watching Jessica act and react in a moat without a lot of dialogue during her investigations. Oh, right. She starts fighting out how old this woman really is. 1845. Yeah. Right, we couldn't hook her just because they were threatening one of the civilians, but because she would start through her own investigations, believing that maybe 
what they're talking about. Yeah, the, the, the handwriting. She really is as old as, you know, Iron Fist is claiming that the weird, you know, magical, historical, semi-historical mysticism just to put it together or start putting it together herself. I think she only gets as far back as a couple hundred years, but that's old enough to may have major red flag on, on rationality. Ah, here it comes from stick. Nobody knows what starters, right? Definitely millennia. If she was in Constantinople. Mm hmm. So it goes back to the initial Buddhist Taoist study in, in China, which makes sense. It makes sense that this would all derive from China originally because of how early they were a brilliant and massive empire and how long. Right, they wanted immortality. So why, why reveal themselves to the world at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were, right, they were students who were banished. This is a recurring trope, obviously. Said she was the hand. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we get the old names. Right, in his lifetime. Right, he's not a million years old. That's important. She's led them since the beginning. Right, so it's not a new thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are already people from, you know, North and South America in China or Europe 3,000 years ago? It doesn't make sense. Who cares? Madam Gao? Oh, Gao's behind the murder. Yeah, she's, she's a horrible woman, as sweet old lady as she seems. So one day. Right. That's White Hat? No. Yeah, that's White Hat. Right. So a lot of American guys not, is not one of the five, I don't think. He's one of their servants, the one that Colleen hates. Bakudo. Uh-huh. <laughs> so is he really dead? Is Bakudo really dead? Yeah, so Bakudo is dead. Murakami's a Japanese guy. We saw cutting up the beast. Nobu, right? That was a connection to, I think, Daredevil Season 2? No secretive. Mm-hmm. He will be so shit. See that Jessica's not here. This guy's talking her language. Right. What's up, Sting? <laughs> oh, no. Danny. Yeah, just having Luke watch these two guys. So bitter and cynical and so naive. Don't talk to me like I'm some kid. Don't act like some kids. Oh, here they go. Yeah. <laughs> Luke is calm. He's ridiculously calm. Yeah, here comes the lecture reveal, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So they had the, the hands clean, hands dirty thing. Danny has no problem getting his hands dirty, and really Luke doesn't either. They're just purely practical about it, as, as they should be. They're the real superheroes in terms of their hearts and souls. There's, there's nothing that can happen to Matt Murdock or, or Jessica Jones. I mean, this is a great way in terms of the complexity of their character. There's nothing that can happen to them where I will then 100% believe their intentions or their heads are on straight going forward because they're just too flawed and too human. And whereas Luke and Iron Fist, I would trust in almost any situation to do the right thing, except when they're being irrational because of people close to them. Um, but even then, usually they get their heads on straight. So the thing is, I'm still unclear three watchings through what the connection is with these people other than the, you know, initial violence in Jessica's apartment with Electra and the builder that's building the building they're blowing up, blah, blah, blah. Are you drunk? No. I mean, it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> whatever. Um, but it doesn't matter because it's them being physically threatened that gets Jessica back in the fight. That's the important thing. Yeah, it was her husband. Mm-hmm. Protection. Yeah. And this is where he discovers the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, the man in the car. He's in trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. No badge. The temptation, of course, would have been for this catalyst to have been Trash or someone close to her. But I think in terms of building her as a superhero, at least for the purpose of the Defender series, as like a traditional superhero, as untraditional as she is, as a character and personality, that it be concern over people she just met, but really feeling for them, not just personal threats. Um, that's why Hope was so important in, in JJ Season 1, and that's why this subplot is important only insofar as getting her back in the fight and her having the right motivations for getting back in the fight. Let's just walk away only to come back. That's a good plan. God, I love this Chinese. I remember just being disappointed that Jessica wasn't here for more of it, but it actually makes it cooler because she's the one who does leave and then comes back by choice, which is important for someone, obviously, who was mind-controlled and didn't have control over her choice for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I love this stuff. This skinny little kid just eats and eats and eats. <laughs> right. How are you still so hungry? Yeah. Takes a lot of energy to summon my chi. Yeah. Sounds like he's talking about his penis. You've seen it in action. Twice now. Yeah. Yeah, better on my side of the fight and not my side of the face. Great line. Me too. These two. Bu- yeah. Uh, Luke Cage has to put him out in the middle of the series and bodyguard him, but he, he, he likes his kid. Team. He's already talking about team. Yeah. Iron Fist can't believe that they don't all just want to be teammates immediately and be best friends. You need that character. Even Cap is hesitant to have to put other people, other superheroes' lives in the way. Iron Fist like, let's do this, yo. I didn't need help, yeah, right. No, they weren't going to kill him. But he still needed help. Mm-hmm. Like it or not. Right. Ooh, we're walking the same path. Yeah, he says that path comes to an end, and this mirrors a couple episodes when Luke starts talking about his path, and Danny's like, oh, we don't, you know, we kind of sound sort of similar, you and I. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Gives him the last one. Classic new friend move. Mm-hmm. This is great. So, the women center, you know, Claire and... and Colleen center these two, but these two center the the big two, quote unquote, Matt and JJ. Oh, here comes the electro talk. I think. I'm glad you found others. Yeah. Yeah. Stick can already see his path even beyond this series. That's it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, he saw Electra. He would know anyway just from Matt's face. Mm-hmm. You're right. She's the reason he almost left, and now she's the reason he's staying for now. She's something else. That's my laundry in the background. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. 
not going to be their little secret for long. Oh, he couldn't hear the heartbeat. He So he could hear the breathing, but not a heartbeat. Uh-huh. Right. He would have recognized her immediately, actually. It wasn't until the close quarters breathing. So I guess it's an instinct she's doing, even though she doesn't have to breathe. Right, she just did it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Matt, of course, is right here. But Siddiq would be naive to tell him to do anything but try and fight her and everything she represents it, even though she's being forced to do it. Right, everything's going to die. Uh-oh. There it comes. And it was all worth it for Jessica. Re-entrance with the car coming up. I think she takes this guy's car. <laughs> oh, boom. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. She's like, why does everyone know karate? Boom. Yeah, well, the only one left doesn't know karate. She could easily kill this guy, of course. All right. You want to go to them, you got to go through me. Mm-hmm. All right, and there's a kid. Not if you understand me. Yeah. Not if you can leave them alone. He spits. Yeah, he's got to put him out. What does he do? What does she do? Lock, lock him in the trunk. Uh oh. Oh. Here's where the. Here's where she finds out what's going on. Yoruba. All right, that's a white hat. All right, Japanese, Yoruba, English, Chinese, or Japanese. Yeah, guys, he's Japanese. Sorry, not Chinese. They're all trained in China, but none of them are actually Chinese. Oh, well, Madame Gao is obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would have been cooler for Madame Gao to be the one in charge. I actually thought that was going to be the reveal, was that she was letting Alexander take charge, but she was really the one in charge, which is sort of what happens. Because she's got the other two council members on her side. Weapons, right, automatic. Yep, here it comes. Yeah. What's great is it? Uh oh, here we go. It's gonna be loud. Oh, sneaking right in. Sucker for fortune cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jessica only briefly helps save them, which is great. Then they actually have to fight at the beginning of the next episode. Oh man, this series is good. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Old age. <laughs> Mm, what have you become in yours? Determined. Yeah. This is similar to, you know, at the beginning of Force Awakens when, before Kylo kills uh, Laura Venteca. And, you know, Kylo Ren's doing the whole dark side propaganda speech and, and Kylo, you know, uh, Laura Venteca says, you know, Snoke, was, the first order comes from the dark side of the Force. You do not. And, you know, Kylo says, what has become of you, old man? And he's, you know, I can't remember the line, but Laura Sotega is like, nothing near as bad as what's happened to you, you know, as a young man, but all-powerful as Kylo Ren. I mean, that's the thing, being a science fiction slash fantasy with Star Wars, they can attribute any weirdness to the Force, and it just makes sense. The magical, mystical, mystical stuff, whether it's the Hand or Doctor Strange, it never quite adds up with Marvel, but you just kind of have to roll with it. As long as they keep stressing the human relations, along with some cool fight scenes, people will get behind it. I'll get behind it. <laughs> I love this. She's a crush on Luke Cage, like all the women do. It's great. 
Let's keep it that way. Look at her. She's checking him out. <laughs> She's fully checking him out. <laughs> uh, Sigourney, God bless her. Mm-hmm. She says four, but I'm not sure what she thinks about JJ at this point. Right? They will disappoint you. We heard this whole speech in the trailer. They haven't yet. Right? They will not make you stronger. If I might give you some advice. Right? Right. Yeah. We know they have to protect the people closest to them. That's always going to be the weak point for heroes. If you can't kill the heroes, kill the people or threaten the people closest to them. Right. So they still want him alive. They don't care about these other ones. Mm. So last time they all came together with the hand, it was a culling, which is like the Black Plague or something of that scale. Poor New York. 9-11, Avengers 1, Doctor Strange, Defenders. Mm -hmm. Danny, of course, is thinking about it. Right. Yeah, stick can smell it. The thing is, even if Iron Fist Season 1 was be much better than it was, it would still have been cool not to have watched it and get to know this character and not be sure where his head at is here. Maybe you still don't know because the writing is so different and better, obviously, in Defenders and Iron Fist Season 1. But uh, it, it's cool getting to know Danny here um, and, and trying to figure out where, where he's at. And he doesn't know where he's at, you know. Oh, here we go. The nod. Uh-huh. The first non-spoken team thing. The only language they speak is violence. Yeah, that's not exactly what's going on. Oh, here it comes. Boom. Oh, so we don't get the full Electra reveal in terms of Matt admitting it to them until the next episode. And that puts him on the, puts him on the defensive going forward because he's been not revealing a really important piece of information. Oh, man. Lecture the Assassin. I just remember watching this and knowing immediately she was going to be an Assassin Lecture the whole time. And I really like seeing three-dimensional, confused, normal girl, scared girl, Electra from, you know, Daredevil. But you need complex actors and characters to be in these roles because if they're one-dimensional people and one-dimensional characters, you know, these roles come off as zero-dimensional I think she gets at least two and change in this series. That's credit to credit to uh, Alodi Young. Here we go. Here it comes. Oh no! <laughs> JJ in the Ford SUV just smashes right into her. Yeah, and she threw the car. She's not even driving it. Oh, that's great. Boom. This is it she's you know she's thor like and you know in that sense like they need jj to come back from the wilderness bring the beast out yeah who missed me <laughs> yeah uh, here we go baby i uh, can't wait for episode five epic i mean there's so many great battles in the series the fact that they get at least three or four in is awesome here they are here's the avengers lineup mm-hmm yes all right well that was mostly me just watching the episode guys that was awesome let me just pause this real quick. Um, yeah, I don't think anything else to be said. Going to jump right into the next episode. Um, uh, episode five. I hope you enjoyed this. It's a great series. We're halfway done. Got four more great episodes to go. So for now, you have been awesome. I've been the Bizzle. And I'll be coming back at you soon. For now, the Bizzlecast is out.